Hey, good people. This is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow and have impact in the world. So, hey, next level growth, next level growth. That is my starting point. Yesterday, I woke up with a sensation on me that today, today is Sunday. Today, I'm calling next level growth. But when I woke up yesterday, I didn't have those words. What was on me when I woke up yesterday was specialized political truths, even thinking about first half of life, second half of life. You guys have heard me talking about that. And that was in the morning. And um, last week, I talked to you guys about Ground Zero. And there was so much happening in that episode because I was ta- uh, ultimately was talking about self-actualization. And according to the theory of self-actualization, there are five levels of need. And so last week, in, as I was talking in that episode, I was actually talking through each of those levels and my journey in each of those levels and the stories and the reflections that I had in, in each of those levels. And it came across as um, disjointed or like all over the place. But because I finally listened to it um, yesterday. But when I lit, when I listened to it, I said, you know what? It sounds like you're all over the place. But I was really talking my way through those five levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So the other thing that happened in last week's episode was I was talking about creating a structure for greatness, particularly those of us who are solo. We don't have a partner helping us in the world that when we're striving to be great and we're transitioning into that greatness, right? That there are all of these, there are these core domains that need attention, daily attention. And it's a lot. And I am, I am set to have that greatness and so the stru- I had to put some structures in place. And so just recently, I locked in a structure that I've been really working on for some years. But in the last six months, I've been trying to become more specific in that structure. And I just locked it in, which is why I called it Ground Zero. So I'm just in a really good space. And part of that locking that structure in, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, is subbing, becoming a substitute teacher. And I'm going to talk to you more about that on the other side. Trust me for now. Subbing is part of it. Except this week I I started subbing. I I started subbing on Tuesday. And I ended ended the week like, what? (laughs) Like, oh. So yesterday morning I woke up thinking, maybe that's not the plan. And I was like, oh, man, my ground zero. Because from the subbing was a critical piece in the in this the infrastructure for my ground zero. Again, I'm not sure if I explained that last week because I didn't give you the details of ground zero, but this infrastructure that I built for greatness, subbing is a part of it. And after the first week I was like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work. And so um and so I ended up listening to the pot I listened to Ground Zero, which was really good. It it recentered me and fine. Everything was fine. And then as I went through the day, all of this create, this clarity started popping off of me. This creativity started popping off of me, uh, out of me. 
like essential. And I'm going to share more about that with you on the other side of the disclaimers. But what I'm telling you today is that yesterday solidified that I'm at this next level of growth. And I'm going to read some text to you on the other side of the disclaimers as well. I'm going to anchor it in some text. I got some really good text for y'all. And so, um, but that's what we're going to talk about. This next level growth that became really clear for me yesterday. And what is going to, what does it mean? What does next level growth really mean for me at least? Hey, you guys, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner, my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. Also, I identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic uh, background. This podcast is unedited and is unscripted. To know more about it, please go to my website, youranidown.wordpress.com. All right. So, um, let me read. I do want to be honest. Let me tell you something. This is actually take two. Take one, I got 45 minutes into the episode and I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. That is not why you hit the record button. I fell into a rabbit hole that was related, but it was a rabbit hole I could not get out of and it was good. But I really wanted to stay focused on this next level growth because it's something that I need for me. And that other story that I was telling, we can come back to that. All right. So I, I, I want to tell you about it, but I don't want to fall back into a rabbit hole, but I'm pretty sure it's going to come up. Uh, but I hopefully when it comes up, I will give you the condensed version. So let me, let me read some anchor text. First of all, let me rewind. Let me tell you the, let me talk to talk about this anchor text that I have for us today. So this morning, as I was thinking about all of that creativity, the clarity, it was creativity, but clarity was coming to me yesterday. And it was, the reason why I'm saying clarity and creativity is because there are some things that I've been needing to produce. There are places that I've been needing to go, and I know that I'm supposed to go there creatively. But I haven't been able to do that because I have been dealing with my foundation and, and, because I'm a creative person naturally, I, I'm i like, you can't, I have to put my creativity in check. Otherwise, I'm just going to be sitting around with all these creative ideas and I'll never execute or complete anything. And as an INTJ, I don't do that, right? So as an INTJ, I'm a creative person, but I have to discriminate. Every idea does not deserve my attention. I cannot give my attention and my energy to every idea that comes out of me. And ideas come out of me a lot. Okay. So when all of these ideas are coming up out of me, they're sitting in the backdrop, like one day, one day, one day. So what happened yesterday is all of these, these other, these ideas that I've been parked, I did two things. I was like, those I had two buckets. Oh, that's a cute idea, but nope. It went in the no bucket. That's a good idea. And this is where we're going to situate it. We're going to put it in a queue, right? That clarity was great groundbreaking for me, right? To take all of these ideas that have been swarming around me, and they're going to be more that'll come, right? And I'll have to do another house. That was kind of like some house cleaning I had to do. But I went through those ideas and I separated them, which is, this is great, but not for you, right? No, no. (laughs) And then 
this is what you're supposed to do. And this is the order you're going to do it in. You're going to begin to do this. We're going to uh, lean into this creative project immediately. You're going to lean into this creative project at the end of the year. You're going to lean into this creative project next year. You're going to connect these creative projects together for this ultimate goal, right? So believe it or not, that's what I did yesterday. Beautiful. Beautiful. And ironic. Now, here's what's interesting. The irony of me having that clarity in the aftermath of the morning saying, oh, shoot, this 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 infrastructure that I thought I built with the subbing, it's not going to work, but it is going to work. And that's another moment of clarity that I had to come to yesterday. So when I was listening to the um, after I listened to the the podcast, excuse me. Yeah. As I after I listened to last week's episode called Ground Zero, that kind of took me off the off the ledge. Because when I woke up yesterday morning after thinking about the week of subbing, I was kind of on a ledge like, oh, no, I have spent so many years trying to get to a place where I could sub and be okay, right? Because, you know, I make as a sub, I make less than half of what I made over the past, over last year specifically, right? I built, <laughs> I worked really hard that when I, the money I made last year to not live off of it because I knew that was borrowed money. That was a borrowed income. Okay. For, or let me say this. Yeah. I'm going to say it was borrowed because I'm going to make that money again one day, but I'm not going to make it that way on somebody else's inst- organization. I'm going to make it off of my own organization. So, so going into a supposition was even lower than what I made when I was a teacher. So last year, last two years, I, I've been an administrator. But before that, I was a teacher. Subbing is almost half, it's about 60, um, I can't do my math. It's, it's not, it's, all, it's almost half of that. It's almost half of what I make as a teacher. So it's low, okay? So you might be like, yo, you took, what about the big bundles of toilet paper? I know, I know. I know, <laughs> but it's all, it's all worked out, which is why I was so excited last week because I finally got to a place where I know what my core needs are, which includes large bundles of toilet paper, by the way. Um, and if you guys are new to me, you don't know what I'm talking about. Those, that, uh, those large, when I say large bundles of toilet paper, it means a surplus. Being able to go to the store and buy something in bulk. Because it's actually cheaper. On the front end, it looks like you're spending more. But in the long run, you're spending less. Right? So my arrival in the last few years is being able to buy in bulk. So I can ultimately save money. All right? Well, now that I've dropped my income significantly, am I still going to be able to buy big bundles? Absolutely. Because I've been doing some other things strategically. I can't get into that now because I don't want to fall into another rabbit hole. So you have to trust me. So subbing gives me flexibility. It gives me enough money to meet my basic needs, which includes big bundles. Okay. And that's a breakthrough, you guys, to get to a place where I'm like, being able to be savvy with my money is a basic need. There was a time where being savvy with my money was a growth point for me. Damn it. This is interesting. See, I keep 
this is what's happening with this particular episode. There's so many entrance points into me talking about next level growth that I'm falling into rabbit holes, rabbit holes, because it's not just one area of growth, right? So this is, this is another one, right? There was a, let me say it again. There was a time where being savvy with my money and smart was a growth point for me. And now it is a basic fundamental truth, period. Okay, moving on. So spirit had already, spirit has whispered to me probably a decade. You can do this. You can, this, this, this life you're trying to build, this, this ultimate mastermind that you're going after, you can do it if you suck. I haven't been able to do it because I had to do some house keeping. I had to do some cleaning up. I did some cleaning up. Just I did put some infrastructures in place. That's what last week was about. I couldn't give you a lot of details. I still can't, but know that there's a structure and subbing is a part of it. So for me to have a week of subbing and it was like, oh no, this is not it. And I already know like when we envision INTJs and maybe INFJs, we can imagine a future, we can envision a future, and then we start going after it. That is, is always is going to require calibrating because it's lacking SE data. You don't have SE data when you're in your NI self. NI stands for introverted intuition. SE stands for extroverted sensing. When you're in your imagination, you're not in physical reality. So when you start employing that thing, actualizing that thing, applying that thing, then you come face to face it with physical reality. And then you start getting some data that you didn't have when you were in your head and then you need to calibrate it. All right. Well, this past week I started this thing that I've been saying, subbing, I did it. And I got some new data. I got some data that I didn't have when it was just in my head. And some of that day was unpleasant. It was unsettling. (laughs) So I woke up yesterday morning like, oh shit. And so it's okay. So I li- I went back and I listened to the episode on Ground Zero. That took me off the off the ledge because I was like, "Do I need to? It's the whole infrastructure that I built. Does it? Do I need to blow it up and start all over? No, I did not. So I think if I was, you know, I'm not going to beat up on feelers. I was going to say if I was a feeler, I would have. But no, right? <laughs> so I listened to the episode last week. And there was something about listening to that episode last week that regrounded me, recentered me. Okay. Then I went and took a walk. And in that walk, I, you know, I walked for about two hours. In that walk, I started talking through the, the challenges that I was having with the sub. Like, what was it about that first week of subbing that was problematic? And man, as I was talking it through, I was problem solving. Okay, you got to do this, you got to do this, start moving it around. I believe I have the solution. And it wasn't, it's not just one solution. There are about three, four things that I need to do to, to, to take, to ref, to calibrate this, this piece of the puzzle where subbing is a piece of the puzzle. I got to calibrate it now. Oh my God, this feels so good. So subbing, I believe really is the way to go, but I got to calibrate it got to fit it in, fit it in. Right. It's okay. It was just the first week. Okay. So I went from being on the edge to having problem solving that. And then all of a sudden, once I problem solved it, all of this clarity came up about the rest of the puzzle. The rest of the puzzle that's been on hold 
because I had to get my ground zero together. And although I still have to reinforce ground zero, I gotta practice sound, sound, excuse me, I have to practice ground zero. The song of the text, the anchor text that I used last week was the song called The Bones by Marin Morris. And in that, in that song, there's a line that says, the house don't fall when the bones are good. A wind can come, we can be in a storm, but it's not going to fall because that, the house has a good foundation. And my ground zero is my foundation. And so I could see it. And now I experience a component of it. And then all of a sudden, these other things that have been in the queue waiting. It's been waiting. It's been waiting for me to get ground zero together to figure out what's level one now. I'm going to build, we're going to build that house. What would be level one? What would be level two? You guys, I'm hoping you're following the metaphor. That's what happened yesterday. It felt really good. It felt, it, it felt, it felt really, really good yesterday. And it was striking because of how I woke up. And not, not only did I wake up on an, on the, um, on a ledge the night before, I was just kind of numb. <laughs> like a lot happened this week. I can't even explain to you how I'm feeling. I can't even tell you what happened. A lot happened. And a guy friend of mine on Thursday texted me and said, are we still going to the play tomorrow? And I'm like, this is the first week of me subbing. I haven't been in a classroom teaching. I've been talking to teachers. I've been talking to principals and administrators. I've been on my soapbox about what a good classroom should be and what a school should do. And now I'm back in the classroom as a sub, right? And so <laughs> there was a lot of work. I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm tired and I'm older. When I first started teaching, I was in my early twenties. I'm in my, I'm 52. It ain't the same, right? So my energy level is like, ah. <laughs> so when he texted me, I wanted to say no, but I have a goal. I have a social goal. And part of that is to do more of the things that I want to do in, with my social self. And so he's talking about going to a play. Yeah, fine. Okay. I've made myself go. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to pick, we're going to go to dinner and, I'm gonna pick you up at 5 30. It's a Friday. I just want to go to bed. But I, I, I came home, um, and I took a nap, maybe 20 minutes and I got up and I went. And so I would love to tell you about the play. It was really kind of fascinating. And, um, but it just, I was so, there was so much in me, uh, Friday night. It was so dense that if I wanted to talk about it, I couldn't. It was all in my introverted intuition self that it was like a vault. And then Saturday morning when it opened up, it put me on a ledge and then I had to walk through it. And then I ended the day, the day beautifully in this sensation of next level growth. Now, I know I just took 20 minutes to set that up, but I had to give that to you. Okay. So this morning <laughs> when I was like, okay, I want to talk about growth. And I think. One thing that I think is part of the growth is about this this infrastructure, finally having the the structure for growth, the foundation for my next level. Okay, let's rewind. From January to June, I was in two storms, and you all know it. I'm not going to rehash it, but I, I, I'm in a familial storm, 
and I was in a professional storm. Big. Crying big. Snot crying big, right? Gut-wrenching. Pain. Just pain, right? And June, that's what I did this summer. Like, I started unpacking that. I was unpacking that pain before. I Like, right around April, I started unpacking it. But June and July... I understood. I, I I understood it. I understood those two pain points pushed me to my next level, and so there was attitude. There was a, a growth in my attitude, a growth in my disposition, a growth in my resolve. So I had a growth in my attitude, or a growth in disposition, and then a growth in my structure. Those are two growths. Those are two components coming together for growth, y'all. One from the from the 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 pain, but it was the pain point that finally kicked me into putting that infrastructure together. Like we can't keep two things, two two facts. We can't do another job outside of leadership. We talked about that a year ago. And we can't do leadership inside of the system and not expect to circle and loop there. And I'm only nervous now because I'm nervous. <laughs> My, I'm nervous because if I get a call for a, you know, like a, like somebody calls me to do to like be a superintendent of a school district, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to say no to that, right? So that that is the that is the place that is a that that is a possible crack in the system. I want to be uh, forthcoming about that. But it, it, anyway, anyway, we will cross that bridge if if if, if I get there. Um, but I'm not actively. Here's what here's what I can tell you. I'm not actively pursuing a leadership position inside of the system anymore. I was. I went on like six or seven interviews for leadership positions in the system in April and they didn't feel right. Either I knew that they didn't feel right and I withdrew my application. No, I knew all of it didn't feel right, but I, I withdrew my application for several, like almost half of them. And the other half, the people came back and said, you need to be at a higher level. And my thing is, I don't want to be at a higher level. You know what I mean? I still want to do leadership connected to kids. I want to be around children. I don't want to do leadership at a higher level in the system. Um, unless it is going to be the highest level. Let me put it that way. You know, superintendency. So anyway, I'm still working some of that out. Um, so, but in June, I realized this thing that you, that I've been quote unquote masterminding. Then on some level, on some days, I think I parked it. And on some days, I'm like, you didn't park it. You were just building. You've been you've been doing some foundational work. Anyway, anyway, it crystallized. The structure crystallized. The structure crystallized last week. And my disposition crystallized somewhere between July and August. I would say August because my heart coach and I, we're bumping heads because of this growth. She can't see that the bumping of the heads is about me no longer being the wounded bird that came to her seven years ago. I'm not the wounded bird. 
and she can't she she can see it but she can't account for the woman I am today she doesn't have the she doesn't have the relatedness the skill set the insight for the woman I am today she had the skill set and the insight for the wounded bird that I was seven years ago so we're in this place of bumping heads and I think I got it. I mean, we, we've been, the last couple of weeks, we've been working it out. But I think, I think I finally got it. It was going to be a fascinating conversation I'm going to have with her this week. I'll keep you guys posted. But anyway, so those two growth points, those are growth points. So I looked in the podcast. I was like, I know, I'm pretty sure I've talked about growth on this podcast. I'm like, I'm going to hit the button. I'm going to talk about growth this morning, Sunday morning. So I'm going to hit the button podcast and I'm going to talk about growth so before I did that something said go and look up how many times you talked about pain because <laughs> I, I wrote down a piece of paper pain and growth so I said look up and see how many times you talked about pain and I did one time at least a, as a title and it was last year March I was like okay only one time look up growth you guys, there are 10 episodes where, where the road, where the word growth is in the title. 10. And nine of them happened in 2021. That's, that's fascinating. Like now I want to go back and listen to all of those episodes, even the one from 2022. Like what season was I must have been in a season. Nine episodes starting from January, I think all the way through December. I did nine episodes on growth. And then my 10th one was in March of 2022. And so for over a year, I haven't talked about growth until today. That's interesting. I'm going to go back and listen to some of those episodes. So then I was like, well, if you've, if you've done an episode on growth, and you've done, clearly you've done several, well, what kind of growth place are you in right now? What's the difference between the growth you're in today versus the growth that you were in in 2021? And man, you guys, I would love to talk about why. I would love to analyze 2021 in terms of growth, but I know I will fall into a rabbit hole. I think the short end of it is 2021, I was, you, I was, um, I was reclaiming my structural security. I was starting to reclaim it and my independence. And I could see it. And I was starting to feel safe in the world. I believe that. I believe that is a component of it. But I, I'm going to come back and process that further. So what is the growth that I'm dealing with to now that clarified yesterday? What is the growth? And I want to read, I'm going to read some text, okay? So the text that I'm going to read is from my one of my staple books called Human Learning uh, by uh, Jeannie Ellis Omrod. So I looked up the word growth. I, um, for some reason, I went, I have two books about adult learning and adult motivation. And I went to the index, the word growth was not in those two books. I was like, oh, that's surprising. So then I went and got my next two books. This one is on human learning. And I got, I pulled out one on social psychology. I didn't even need to go to social psychology because this book on human learning, I went to the index and the word growth was there. 
It was only one time, though. It was only one time. And so it was on page 460. And I'm going to read. And it connects to self-actualization. I talked about self-actualization last week. I had no plans on talking about it this week. I didn't even think about it. When I'm like, growth? It didn't even occur to me that the growth could be connected to self-actualizing. Which is kind of like, duh. If you think, if you pay attention to the scattered, disjointed episode from last week, that's kind of what I've talked about. Finally, getting back to the place where I can go to, um, I said those esteem needs, but I think I want to, I'm going to, I'm getting back to self-actualizing. See, I had, I, before when I was, when I was, uh, operating at the top tier a decade ago, Two decades ago, I was functioning at this top tier because in the top tier, let me see. I'm going to read to you what Amran says about self-actualizing. So I talked about it last week in terms of keywords, but I didn't read anything about self-actualizing. This is important. This is not the part I was going to read to you, but let me read this to you. Need for self-actualization. People have a need to self-actualize. To develop and become all they are capable of becoming. Individuals striving towards self-actualization seek out new activities as a way of expanding their horizons and want to learn simply for the sake of learning. For example, people seeking self-actualization might be driven by their own curiosity to learn everything they can about a particular topic. Or they might pursue an active interest in ballet both as a means of developing muscle tone and as an outlet for creative self-expression. So it's like learning for the sake of learning, being for the sake of being, becoming for the sake of becoming. All right, I'm going to come back to that. Oh, God, I want to come back to that. I'm going to turn, I'm going to now go back to page 460. Let me read to you the text I wanted to read to you. According to Maslow, the first four needs in the hierarchy, remember you guys, there were, okay, he, let me keep, let me read, let me start over. According to Maslow, the first four needs in the hierarchy, physiological, safety, love and belonging, and esteem needs result from things that a person lacks. Hence, Maslow called them deficiency needs. Deficiency needs can be met only by external sources by people or events in one's environment. I'm going to cry, (laughs) y'all. I'm just telling you, I I got the crying sensation happening right now. Furthermore, once these needs are fulfilled, there is no reason to satisfy them further. In contrast, self at Oh, my God. My God, my God. This is so good. It's good for me. Even if it's not good for you, this is good for me, y'all. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. In contrast, self-actualization is a growth need. Rather than addressing a deficiency in a person's life, it enhances the person's growth and development and thus is rarely satisfied completely. Self-actualizing activities tend to be intrinsically motivated. People engage in them because doing so gives them pleasure and satisfies their desire to know and grow. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm such a sap. (laughs) I wish you all could understand how that 
oh, how that lands. So let me talk to you guys about that. Because that is so powerful. Before 22 two decades ago, I was expanding creatively in the world. But I was broken personally. I knew that I was broken because I couldn't even keep my house in order. And I remember I did a journal once and maybe a poem where I said, People would look at me on the outside and they might think I have my stuff together. They don't know that when I come home, my house is a mess. Literally a mess. Well, you see my office space at work, my building. I had a building because I had an, I had a school. It was, or it was on, it was together. I wasn't having it. It looked like I had everything in order. I came home. The house was in shambles. Not only was my house in a physical mess, my finances were horrible. How I was able to buy a house at that time, I have no idea. But but that's I do. That's how I got stuck with a predatory loan. But we'll talk about we'll talk about predatory lending as it relates to race and gender another time, right? <laughs> that's how I got one of those I got a, one of those bad loans, right? Okay, nonetheless. <sighs> So my physical world was in disarray. My financial world was questionable. My social world on the surface didn't look horrible. I had friends. I was doing things. But all of those friends represented my childhood trauma. All of those friends represented the lie that I was raised to believe that somebody can love you and hurt you at the same time. That they can hurt you but as long as they love you, then you can you have to accept that hurt and that pain. They can even hate you and love you. It's okay because they love you. See, that was the lie I had been raised to believe. So I transferred that lie from my childhood into my adulthood in terms of friendship. Now, interestingly, I never did that with men. I never did that. I never did that with dating. Until I started dating alternatively. And oh shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? That lie then transferred into my romantic life. Okay. All of those friends I had, mm-mm. that was the rabbit hole I fell into when I did the first recording today. Because I was trying, I wanted to illustrate a point of growth. And I want to tell you about my, and I told you all, I've said this to you all, I've cleaned up all of those old friends that were harmful and in, and that's not that they were bad people. I'm, I thought they were. I thought there was something wrong with them. But now I'm coming to terms with, no, it's not them. It's me. I'm trying to live on a different frequency level. They're not. I am. And that's, that's my prerogative. They, or let me put it this way. They're prioritizing X and I'm prioritizing Y. And X and Y are not meeting. At least they haven't. So I had cleaned up a lot of those old connections and I was down to two. One was my buddy who, who she's not speaking to me anymore. And the other one is my, was this, was another person, was, was another person. I don't want to name them. I don't want to name that person. 
because this is family <laughs> she ain't going anywhere but it does require us it is requiring me to renegotiate that kind of relationship with her and then my buddy that's not speaking to me and the short end of it because I don't want to fall into a rabbit hole but the short end of both of these final two which is different from some of the other ones that I let go but these final two I had been fawning them. And one of the things I have not learned to do yet is I have not learned to do intimacy in a healthy way when stress surface. So I know I can have relationships with friends and colleagues and associates and my karaoke buddies. I'm really good at that. Where I'm struggle, where I struggle is in the intimate space where you you shed those outer layers and you become incredibly vulnerable with another human and in that vulnerability which by the way doesn't work when the other person is not able to be vulnerable to and that's what was happening i'm striving to do this vulnerability work with people who don't want to be vulnerable and that's okay because the world isn't safe not a really fun place out in the world to be out there being vulnerable, right? But I've hit a place where when I do intimacy, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be able to be vulnerable because for so long, I wasn't. So part of my healing, all the work that I've been doing is being secure enough, becoming secure enough to be vulnerable. And as I was becoming secure to be vulnerable, I was in relationships where I didn't have to be vulnerable. And then I survived in those relationships. And then all of a sudden I started becoming vulnerable and it was a problem. See, I can look back on this. This is hindsight. And I could go, oh, of course this is what happening. What was happening? But when you're living it, you're living it, you don't always know. So anyway, so the last two people, um, this last, my buddy, um, I stopped fawning her. Stop fawning her about two years ago. Now, over the course of our 20-year friendship, when I couldn't fawn her anymore, sometimes I would just couldn't do it. I would go into flight. And I'm, I'm using fawning and flight as the, the responses to stress. When you hit stress, you fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Right? Well, when I was in these intimate spaces, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to do that. I was raised to freeze or fawn. And then I started learning flight. Now I knew how to fight. I can fight people I don't have an intimate relationship with. But I don't fight in intimate spaces. And I'm not talking about physical fighting right now. Although that unfortunately was my history too. Uh, I've already talked about coming from a space where people feel like they can physically assault you when they get upset. Then you do that. That is a fight. And it's so sad that I used to feel embarrassed by that reality. I don't feel embarrassed by that now. And you guys got that on recorded recording. That was 2020. It was my first time ever coming out about having to fight as a way of surviving in my own family. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not timid by that. Now they find this podcast. 
they're not going to be able to tell me I lied. They're not going to be able to say you're lying, but they're going to be, they're going to be sad. Like my, my sister once said, I'm sorry. I'm sad that you felt like you needed to go on to a social media place to say that. Yes, I had to go on social media to say some of my truths because there was no other place to say it. I had to affirm my truth. And if I had to go on social media to do it, I'm sorry that it made you all feel uncomfortable. So I thought that was interesting that my sister said, she she said, wasn't alive. She just didn't like that I did it. I think that's one of the reasons why I don't have the relationship with my oldest niece that I thought I would have. Because I don't think my oldest niece appreciated. Because that whole ecosystem can do that harming, but then we don't talk about it out loud. Out loud, we put on a different face. In public, we present differently. I'm like, we're going to bust that lie wide open. I'm not playing that, right? I'm not playing it. So the emperors with no clothes, my ex used to say, I referenced that story wrong, but I'm the one that's like, the emperor ain't got no clothes on while everybody else, everybody else know that emperor don't have clothes on, but they're not going to say it. They're comfortable walking around looking at his naked butt and not saying anything. And my, my, my ass is like, look at, look at he's naked. <laughs> if you don't know this story, then <laughs> you need to look it up because then you're probably missing the reference. But anyway, um, so in this, my buddy, I, I stopped. So I would fight. I would never fight her. I would free. I would never freeze. I would never freeze. I would never fight. I would flee or I would fawn. And two years ago, I stopped fleeing and I stopped fawning and I started fighting, not physically. So when she said and did things, I pushed back. She said things were wrong. I corrected her. She said things were insulting. I checked her. She wasn't used to that. Just like my other friends weren't used to that, that growth. Okay. So I'm, that's all I'm going to say with that. Cause so, so she's decided She's decided that, um, you know, we can't be friends. And unfortunately, I should have done it first. But I didn't. I didn't. So it is what it is. But that's a, that's a, that's a, a marker. That was what I fell into the rabbit hole before, y'all. <laughs> but that's a marker of the, the, journey, the growth journey, right? That as long as I'm going to fawn you and you're being... Um, one directional, you're, you know, and you're loving me, but you're harming me. But the moment I come back and I let you know you're harming me or I push back, you can't handle that. See, the problem is not with my friend and it's not even with her ending the, um, not dealing with me. The problem is that I have been wired to say that that harm was okay. So even though I had gone through a major cleaning of friends, I was still holding on to two people who were start harming me. I was still holding on. And I'm going to tell you, the two storms I went through the last two months, excuse me, the last six months, I ain't got no time. I have no no bandwidth. Excuse me, I'm going to curse again. I want to say a heavy one because there's no other word for this. So if the kids are around, fast forward, okay? I literally have no more fucks to give. That's how I feel. The storms of the past of 2023 were so, have been so intense. It has taken all away my, taken all of my fucks away. 
So, where I've probably cleaned house before, but I still had a couple of them F-bombs to give, to play around, to still do a little bit of fawning, I have no more fucks to give and I will not be fawning. I will not be fawning anymore. And I came to that resolution in June. It's sad, slightly embarrassing at 20, at 52 for me to come to terms with that. But it's better late than never. I don't care how you get there. Just get there. Oh, so anyway, so anyway, uh, that, that was an, that was a rabbit hole, but it wasn't as long as the 40 minute rabbit hole from the, the recording that I had to delete. So 20 years ago, I was in this place of operating under my creativity and becoming and expanding and learning and all of that was great. My physical world was in shambles. My financial world was questionable. My social world was in question. And even when I tried to move into romantic love, I know how to do that, y'all. I know how to do it. And then I was, I, I, I remember being, I remember being like 35, 36 years old. And I've always been a growth person, right? Self-actualization has always, it's been something I've been interested in, even before I knew the framing, before I knew the theory. Go back and listen to the episode last week to get more. But, but at that time I, I said to myself, you have done all the growing you're going to be able to do as an individual. There's growth that you need to endure that you must, you will only get when you are in intimate space with someone else. I, I had the wisdom to know that. How I don't know, but I knew it. There was some, inter, there was some inner growth that I needed and nothing brings out the work that you need to do inwardly like a romantic relationship <laughs> that was, that's going to bring it out because those re- romantic relationships mirror the relationships from our childhoods. And so nothing is going to revert you back to those childhood insecurities and feelings and then a, a romantic, a deep, intimate, romantic relationship. And baby, when I asked for it, did I get it right? So you guys know about, you know about the 10 10 year relationship that has now been over five years now. (sighs) So anyway, um, so yeah, I didn't even, that whole loving thing, I didn't even know how to do. So I have been, since that relationship has been over, I've been working on that my inner me, my structural me. And I think the last two years I've been coming to terms with the leadership me and I'm now just coming to the, coming to terms with the spiritual me. So the inner me, the structural me, the leadership me and the spiritual me. And I got one more that I need to work, need to get. It's the social me. Like I, even though there's this thing I'm trying to create with a business, trying to become uh, self-employed again, which is why I'm subbing because subbing will allow me to, the flexibility. It will give me enough money on the to meet my basic needs, right? My basic needs at an elevated level, but it'll give me flexibility and autonomy. 
and I'm at the risk of falling into another rabbit hole. I must tell you all this. Oh, God. Nope. Nope. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you later because it'll take me off course. But I want to tell you about some of the some of the learnings from about the matrix, about the social world that I understood from subbing this week. But part of it is this. Subbing, there are two types of subs. And I was this close of selling myself into. So there's a sub that you get. Okay. Forget it. I'm not going to get the details. But there's a sub where you're more of an employee of the system. You're a sub. But but this kind of sub, I'm a, I'm a free agent. It's still employment, but I call the shot. So I'm in a, they're a week. I don't do duty. I mean, I could do duties. But they haven't asked me to do duties. They haven't told me. So, oh well. <laughs> like, you, when you tell me to do a duty, I will do it. Right? I'm subbing. Um, I'm, they can't have me go to those meetings. Oh, God, I can't tell you how good it feels to be like. Because otherwise, I would teach. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be an agent of the system anymore. I've outgrown that. So they're like on the loudspeaker meeting starts in 15 minutes. The meeting has started and I'm like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I had somebody come to me the, this week saying, well, the, the, the school had failed to do something by law. They had three years to do something. They failed to do it. And now because I'm a certified teacher, they want to do it now. I said, but I'm a sub. Well, we know you're a sub, but you're, but you are at, you, you still have a certification. But I'm not your, I'm not your teacher. Now I could, I could do it if I really want to, but I don't want to. Right? There are things I don't want to do. And, and, and I, and I was, it felt a little class, classless how I responded. I I wish I would have had a, a more, just a more sex, savvy way to say it but I didn't I was like I make half the money I would make as a teacher as a sub please don't ask me to take on the work of a teacher and I'm making half of what a teacher makes what could you say to that did I feel guilty a little bit because I'm like well you could do it and then I and I'm telling you but the moment I'm like but that's not what you're here for right you're here. Make sure you get your basic needs met. Do right by these kids that don't have a permanent teacher and then leave. And I told the principal that I said, I'm not here to be the permanent teacher. I'm here to make sure these kids get decent. I'm excuse me. Good. I'm not even decent. Good instruction. And what until you hire a teacher. So some of the other teachers. You know, they got a little bit of an attitude with me now. I understand. I kind of expected it. It is what it is. They were like, well, we're never going to get a teacher. One, they don't, they're not going to come. Sorry. I'm sorry. I am really sad for you. I'm sorry. But I'm not that. And I, and then I'm like trying to, this is the part I got to work on because I'm trying to explain to them like, they don't need to know my calling. They don't know what I'm, they don't need to know what I'm struggling spiritually. <laughs> like, like, why are you giving them that? Right. I started trying to give them my why to, they don't care. They don't care. 
And when I talked to my uh, mint, I have a, a young lady who's like 30, she, she'll be 31, but she was, she was my student. I had her as an eighth grader and <laughs> now she's 31 and we, you know, she's a mentee, but we talk. I, and I, um, she, uh, we talked yesterday and I said, people who are miserable, people who have made a choice, they've sacrificed their happiness in the world to do something for whatever reason will be pissed with you if you don't make that same sacrifice. Because they believe the script, they believe the narrative that they are not supposed to be happy, that they are supposed to give up their happiness in exchange for whatever. For money. And y'all know I've been talking about money. But what I'm saying is, there is something in addition to money that I need. I need my dignity I need my soul. This is what the breakthrough of my spirituality is telling me. You cannot compromise your dignity and your soul for money. That's why this storm from January to June was so painful because I was giving up my dignity and my soul for that paycheck. And baby, that paycheck was good. It's the most money I've ever made. And it's the most I don't even know. I probably only know two people who've made. I wasn't rich. So let me let me clean that up. I come from a lower socioeconomic background. So it really wasn't. It, there are people who make more money. But it was the most money I've made. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm probably it was it probably put me at the second highest paid person in my family. And I kept trying to be okay with that. Like, look at, look at what this paycheck is doing. Look at what it's doing. And it felt good. Felt good. I'm still suffering from like being able to spend money without thinking about it. Like, no. And then my dignity and my soul was just being taken from me. Taken, y'all. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm not doing that. So I'm subbing. And if I can't sub, I'm going to be one of these delivery people out here. My dad did that. I wish he was alive so I could talk to him about it. My father stopped working for the system a long time ago because he knew the system wouldn't allow for him to be his creative self. But I'm I'm an educator with these credentials that afford me dollars. I'm like, those credentials belong to me. That money belongs to me. Okay. As long as it don't take your dignity and your soul. So. So anyway. So you could just see the people like. You could see like the resentment on them. And like what you mad at me for? You're making twice what I make. I am a sub. <laughs> There's a sacrifice I'm making right now. And I'm sorry. you. I'm sorry you don't understand that. But I'm not your enemy. When the guy told me, he was like, well, we, we're going to be out of compliance. That's not my problem. You have all of these people making money as leaders. Why would you want to put the solution on the back of a sub? Forget the sub. Why would you want to put the solution on the back of a teacher? And I said, well, that's why you have a vacancy. Because you're putting undue expectations on these teachers and they can't do it all. And they're leaving the profession. They're leaving the work. And I still, at the end of the day, still identify as a teacher. I still love 
my my training and my profession as a teacher. I just don't like the system that houses the profession. So anyway, I have had to do all of this clean. Like this is kind of where I am now. And so going back to the text, and I'm going to start closing. Going back to the text um, from, from uh, human learning about what Maslow says, that was interesting. So the five levels, right? The first five levels of those needs are called deficiency needs. If I've read that, nope, apparently I did. This This was highlighted. This was highlighted in this book because I've had this book for a while, but I don't remember that. Deficiency needs. Physiological needs are based on a deficient. I need water. I need clothes. Safety needs. I need to make sure I have housing. I need to be protected. Love and belonging. All of these needs are about getting something from the outer world. I can't satisfy these on my own. I must get these needs met in the outer world. It's, oh, and check this out. Because I think I may, I misspoke last week when I talked about going after my esteem needs. I'm not going after esteem. If I was going after esteem, you think I would be subbing right now? And that's the, that was the hardest part for me to let go. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't fully let go because I, I had to, I had to put my car in the shop. So I had to Uber. And the Uber like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, because she picked me up from the school and she said, are, are you a teacher there? I said, I'm a sub. And immediately I had to let her know, but I was a principal before. <laughs> and I'm, and I challenged myself. If I was really letting go of the need for esteem, I would not have told that Uber driver that I used to be a principal or an administrator. But I still have a need for people to know my capacity. I don't even think it's about status. I think it's about, I need you to know that I have the intellectual capacity to do budgets, to do curriculum, to do conflict resolution, to do facilities, direct facilities, to direct operations. I need people to know I have that capacity. And not only do I have the capacity that I have, I have performed those duties, right? So I still need to wrestle with that. Like, is that an esteem need? Like, but, but I think it's safe to say that I'm not, I'm not prioritizing esteem needs. And I, let me say it differently. I think that I still have esteem needs around being whole. Like I want to be, I want to, I'm, I can't wait to show the world. This is what it looks like when you're dignified and whole and upright. That's the esteem I want in the world. To show people you don't have to sell your soul for a job. Now, do you have to work? Yes. We are part of a social contract. You have a talent. Some, that if you share that talent with the world, there's somebody in the world that will be better off because you shared your talent. That's dignity. But some of us are in jobs where we're, it's, it's undignified because we're not sharing our talents. We're suffering our talents. We're suffering our intellect. It's undignified. But we're doing it in exchange for something else. And that's the esteem I want to have. I want to show that. But I think that that relates to this line about self-actualizing. 
Rather than addressing a deficiency in a person's life, I'm reading, rather than addressing a deficiency in a person's life, it enhances the person's growth and development and thus is rarely satisfied completely. Self-actualizing activities tend to be intrinsically motivated. People engage in them because doing so gives them pleasure and satisfies their desire to know and to grow. And I have a deep desire for people to be their highest selves, to be who they were supposed to be by spirit. And I'm sorry if that sounds woo-woo. Sorry if it sounds quirky. I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm not completely there yet. (laughs) But that is what I believe in my heart. That we each came here by way of spirit. That there is this best version of you that you should be, that you can be. And it is my desire to help people to get there. And one way that I want to help people to get there is by modeling it. For those of us who are in the margins because of race, because of gender, because of class, because of sexuality, because of ability, we're in the margins and we don't have access to all of the resources in the world, though our lack of access to resources become barriers for pursuing our truest and our fullest selves. And some of us die there. We die in those margins because the world has denied us access to those resources. I said that when I'm, I was in my 30s. I said, go to the cemetery. How many of those people there died in the margins? And I'm saying, just because you were born a racial minority, just because you were born a woman, just because you were born a, a, a sexual minority, just because you were born a neuro, what's the word? A neurotypical? Or you, um, just because you were born neurodivergent doesn't mean you have to die in the margins. But it's going to mean that you're going to have to think creatively. You're going to have to make some sacrifices and you're going to have to press forward the mark for your truth. And I'm living, I'm set to live that. And that's why I was excited last week, even if that episode was horrible. I was excited last week because I put the infrastructure in place, my ground zero, so that I can pursue. Is the wind, is the wind going to blow? Yes, it is. Is it going to get tough? Yes, it will be. Because I don't have the secure, I don't have enough savings as I had before. I don't have a surplus like I had before. But I'm an INTJ, baby. I'm going to strategize it, right? And I'm humble enough. If I got to go and, and I talked about this before. If I got to go clean somebody's house, I'm going to do that. That's dignified. There's nothing undignified about cleaning somebody's house. If I have the ability to do it, if it makes somebody happy, it makes someone happy. And I don't have to suffer and sacrifice my intellect. It's dignified. I will do that. And it's so interesting, and I am closing here. I'm closing. It's so interesting because two years ago, you guys know that the, the, the superintendent pulled me out of one leadership role and plucked me into the role of a principal. You guys was a witness to it. I recorded all of that. You heard it. Go back to, go back to the beginning of 2022. The semester from, Jan- from February to June. It's recorded. 
But right before he put me in this assignment, I was actually getting to where I am today. Where I was at this this past week and this yesterday, this state of clarity of arrival. I was starting to think about starting a, a, a cleaning business for houses. I started doing my research. And my sister's like, you don't want to do that. You're sitting on a doctorate degree. You're a doctor. You don't want to go clean houses. Yes, I do. Because I can still research on my own. I can still write. I can coach. I can do all of the things that I want to do. I just need to make sure my bills are paid. That's going to pay my bills. Nobody says I have to pay my bills through my gift. It was a, it's a blessing when you can pay your bills through your gifts. And I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm on track to do that. I am on track to be able to pay my bills through my gifts and still have dignity. But in the meantime, I will not sacrifice my dignity. So, um, Two weeks ago, I had to uh, go on an interview. I had an interview for a leader, a district leadership position. And because I, um, I have to satisfy, I have to do something. Anyway, I had to, I'm applying. I have to apply for four jobs a week. That's just part of the stipulations. And so I got an interview. And I said, I'm not, I'm going in there dignified. Whereas the other other leadership positions I was going after, I shut down my website. I shut down my websites. I tried to sanitize my social media accounts. Why? I'm not on social media acting inappropriately. You know what I'm on social media doing? Talking about political justice, racial justice, gender justice, justice around cognitive orientation. Why do I have, why was I, why, why did I intuitively know that in order to get those leadership positions, they, I had to clean that up. So I shut it all down. Well, when I went on that interview last week, I didn't shut it down. I said, I'm not doing it. I started playing around with the job I just had. I I didn't, you know, but, you know, but I already know they don't want, they don't want you with that kind of commitment. Somebody just told me you, they're not going to touch you. My my buddy that we're no longer talking. That's what she said. She said you don't want to be a principal. You don't want to because you don't want to make the sacrifices to be a principal. I didn't understand it then. I was mad at her for saying it. I was like, who are you to say that? I got the same. I have the same credentials you have. You and I got the. We were in school together. That's how we met. We have the same degree. And you're not. And and she knows it. She knows it, and I know it. You're not as even skillful as I am in that. So who are you to tell me that I can't access those dollars? That's how I felt at the time. But what she was saying, and I understand that, you don't want to make the sacrifices to play the game for that position. But she said it in a way that I... Now, if somebody calls me, like I already told you, that's the crack. That's a crack in the, that's the crack in my plan right now. Cause if somebody calls me to be a principal, as a matter of fact, I did get a call earlier this week about being a lead administrator. I don't really know what's going on with that, but I've already decided when I get called to come back into a leadership position, I'm not sanitizing my, my public presentation. 
And I'm not sacrificing my dignity. I'm not. And I'm not giving up my business. So that's what I mean. I'm not going to give up my business. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> ever again. Ever, ever again. Ever again. So, so that's why I got, I got emotional. Um, I got emotional when I did that sentence about doing so because doing, I'm, I'm living a life of pleasure. Is it, a, are there sacrifices? Yes. Are there things I still need to learn, like about the social and how to, yes, I've got to learn that. <laughs> but I'm encouraged today because just like I learned how to keep my physical house clean, I didn't know how to do that. I wish you guys could have seen my house before. Years, decades, I did not know how to. It's not like my, my mama taught me how to clean a house. I knew how to clean a house. I did not know how to keep the house clean. That's the difference. That's what I did. Physical. Financial. That is just a new one, right? Like I said, I could just pick up the phone, call about my student loans, and I have all this anxiety and be able to go to my paperwork, my medical, being caught up on that. (sighs) Now my business, getting, getting, that's what I'm clean. I'm working on now and my social. Those are the two things I'm working on right now. My business, because whether I, like I said, and, and, and this might help explain the crack in the system. And, and I'm just tolerate me for a second. Cause I'm, if I sound like I'm contradicting myself, I'm getting nuanced here. And this is why, because my business will always exist in the world. And my business does not exist for me to work in it. My business exists for me to work on it. It's more like being philanthropic, like philanthropy, making sure that my talents are in the world outside of my body. That's why I've written books. That's why I've developed curriculum because I've learned how to take my talent and transfer it to a system that my body is no longer needed. My body is no longer needed in order for people to know how to teach the way I know how to teach. Because I've done all the work to transfer that talent, not transfer it, but to package that talent talent into something that's consumable. So I don't have to work in the business. I will work on it. And while I'm working on the business, I can still work in something else. Because that's fun. It's fun being bivocational. But I will not shut the business down. So I'm working on getting that business to the place where it exists. Whether I'm working on another job or not. So that feels really good to work on. And I know how to do that. Now the social, there are questions. <laughs> there are questions. Like, and I, I really am closing. Like the fact of, I may have been on two dates this week and I didn't know I was on the date. I don't know. I, and maybe they, for all intents and purposes, they weren't dates. But there were things that happened in those outings that had date energy on them. That's date. I was like, that's date energy. I don't know what that is, but that's date energy. And that happened twice this week in the past week. And I'm like, oh, no, one happened last Saturday. And then the other one happened Friday. And I'm like, scratch my head like, 
think it was a date. <laughs> so anyway, like clearly I have some learning to do about the social world. Because if you're going to be on a date, you should know it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But anyway, so I want to come back and talk more about dating and the social and and even me saying I'm you know, I, I don't need to be solo, but I do want to be solo poly. I think I'm I think I'm ready. I think I'm getting closer to really declaring that. Definitely solo ish. I feel confident to say solo ish, if you will. I got some learning still to do, but I'm living a dignified life. This is next level, y'all. This is next level growth. And if I had time, I would read you read you some texts about when you grow. Okay, I'm closing here. This is the perfect place to close. So yesterday I was, I was talking to my mentee, the young lady who's 31 now, who used to be my eighth grader. I had her for eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and, and 11th, I think. So I had her for several years. But she was my student, and now she's my mentee, right? And she was saying that sometimes she struggles because she has these moments of clarity, this aha and growth. And then she goes about in the world and it feels like she's not walking that growth. And I said, learning requires, oh my God. Learning requires transfer, transfer, application, and reinforcement. That's when learning happens. So learning isn't just the aha, the epiphany. It's to transfer that thing from the moment of the aha into a real context, the concretizing of it. You transfer it and you apply it and then you have to reinforce it. You have to repeat it. You have to practice it so it becomes automated, which is why I talked about my structure, automated greatness last week. So just because you don't have it automated yet doesn't mean you're not learning or you're not growing. And that's what I want to say about me. So I've had the epiphany. I have the structures. Now I've got to transfer. I've got to apply it. I've got to practice and reinforce it. And I hope you guys are going to be here with me. Next level growth is really about living with dignity and pleasure. And we don't live in a world that tells us that that's okay to prioritize it. We live in a world that says if you prioritize pleasure, something's wrong with you. You're selfish. I'm like, as long as you take care of your business and you are a decent human being and you are being responsible in this thing that we call the social contract, then go after your pleasure, your dignity. As long as you're not hurting anybody. And then you are playing your part in the movement, forward movement of, of civilization. Then go after your dignity and your pleasure. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about self-actualization and that next level, what do he call it? The growth need. Not the deficiency need, but the growth need. Man. What does it take to get there? It takes some real sacrifices to get to that growth need. Oh, I hope you're able to do that, friends. I really do hope that. But what have we been talking about? We've, I've been all over friends, friendships. Uh, what else did I talk about? Uh, healing, um, next level growth, financial 
cleanup, social cleanup. I actually don't even know what I've been talking about, to be honest with you. Um, but I know it's all been in, in the spirit of next level growth. If any of this relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. I'm looking for meaningful growth. I do want to tell you that I have, and I think I've said this before, but I have finally, finally come to peace with how this project relates to my dignity and my pleasure and my business. So although I'm not able to prioritize this project, it is becoming, it is making its way on my um, my war sheet. And my war sheet stands for a weekly activity report where I do the things that are important. And I firmly believe that this project is linked firmly in, in, into my business. So I, I don't have the space. Remember I talked about the, all of the ideas and it, some ideas had to go in a no bucket and some ideas are going into the action bucket, but not right now. Well, this project is a, a keeper, but I can't prioritize it. But what I can do is continue to be authentic and clear so that the people who come to me are coming to me for the right reasons. The people who also want to, because I thought, I thought I wanted this project to be about people who wanted to hear my N.I. Dom self, <laughs> right? That was what I first thought. Like, oh, as N.I. Dom, I have all these insights. Yeah, let's just talk. <laughs> Then I thought, oh, these are going to be people who want to be no personality theory. Those are the two. Sometimes I toy with the idea, is this a podcast that would be about people who want to heal from trauma? I don't know if that has to be it. Just like I don't think it has to be people who come from the margins. And I don't think it has to be people who are solo. I truly think it is people. It's coming to the place. People who want to have impact on the world. What did I say? Think grow and have impact in the world, but it's the impact in the world part. That's what we're here for. To be your best self, to be at the highest level, your best spiritual self. I need you to connect this podcast to other people who are in journey of, to be their best self, their best spiritual self. Now, when you have them come to me, let them know two things. I am not talking at you. I am talking with you. See, to talk at you would just would be, let me tell you seven things you need to do to grow. Six things you, and that's, I'm not mad at people who do that. But what I'm doing is I start this, I, most of the episode is about me doing it, about me struggling, about me learning. So you see it. And then at the end, I talk to you. So please share this. So that's one thing. Let people know she's not going to talk at you. She's going to talk with you. She's going to make herself vulnerable in that process. And then number two, let them know it's going to be windy. <laughs> it's unedited, it's unscripted, and sometimes it can be a train wreck. <laughs> but if you know people who are <laughs> who are here for that or who can't be here for that, please take this episode and please share it, right? Help be a part of the future. Help be a part of my dignified growth. I'd love to help you with yours, okay? You can um, find me on my podcast, my website at Your N.I. Dom. Oh, let me give you one more thing. If my randomness in this uh, podcast has 
if my talking, sorry, I'm so excited, excuse me, if my talking has caused some randomness in you, I would love to hear that. Please find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yournidom1, Facebook, or YouTube, yournidom. I got an October newsletter coming out. You guys know I did the September one, and you get it by subscribing to the website. That's kind of like the next step in this, the evolution of this project, the next step. So hopefully go to yournidom.wordpress.com, just subscribe. And so in that newsletter, I share links. Oh my gosh. And I found, um, there's a episode, there's a YouTube, um, so on this date, not date that I went on Friday night, um, the person, the guy was telling me that it was, um, he said that when you, this research proves that when you die, you lose four grams and that's your soul. And he's a pretty level person. So I went to look it up and it's, I found this YouTube video that's called the dark side of science when someone does uh, scientific research and it's not thorough or they they bypass a couple of the scientific process. Um, and so anyway, so there was that. But in the comments section, I, it was a discussion about what we validate as real, right? And so when we measure something through our senses, is that real? Like what makes sen- the sensory world real? It's all still perceptive. It was fascinating. It was a fascinating discussion. So anyway, I have that link that's going to be in the October newsletter. Um, so come on to the newsletter to kind of get connected to some of my uh, site uh, learnings that I do. Because, you know, I love learning, y'all. So I love sharing that with you all. I'm going to put you guys on pause. I'm going to think about what your assignment is going to be. Hold on one second. I think last, I think, I don't even know what the assignment was last week, but if I didn't, let me repeat this because it's a two-part question. This might be a repeat from last week, but but part two will be new. So part one um, is where are you in the level of self-actualization on those those levels of those need levels? Physiological safety, love and belonging, esteem. And one of the criticisms with this theory is that is it really true that that's a linear process? Is it true that you have to satisfy all of them to get to the self-actualized? I think I think those are valid criticisms. Those are criticisms. Those are wonderings I actually have because I don't know if I'll ever be able to say check check check. I never have to go back to steam. Check check check. I never have to go to safety needs. I don't think that. I think that like right now I'm working on belonging, right? But I do like the idea that those are deficit needs versus growth needs. I love that. Where are you at? Where are you at in your development, your growth, your next level of growth? Where are you? Which level are you on? And then I want to ask you, what is the, the second question is, what's the dignified you? What's the dignified you where you're operating according to your talent, your strength, your virtues, your convictions? What is that you? You may not be able to live it right now because of some other demands, because of some choices that we've made in the past and that we have to live the choices that we've made from the past. And that's okay because now you can start making new choices so you can live out a different you in the future. That's the only way you're going to get to a different you. You have to start making different choices today 
because today we're living choices that we made from yesterday. What is your dignified you? So even if you're not living it, envision it, see it, write it down, affirm it, claim it, and press forward. Now you got to ask yourself, you might not be ready for this. Are you ready to make the sacrifices to be the dignified you? You may not be ready for it. Hell, you may not even value it. I'm not sure why you're at this podcast, though. But nonetheless, right, I'm going to assume you value a dignified you, right? What are the sacrifices? I don't even, I guess the third question would be, what are the sacrifices you will have to make to get there? But I don't want to, not everybody's able to do that, right? I, I've made choices in the past for me to, to, to say at this point in my life, the dignified me will move forward with pleasure. I'm still going to be a leader. I'm still going to have my, my large bundles of toilet paper. I'm also going to have flexibility and I'm going to walk according to my own pleasure, my own thoughts, my own mindset, my own set of dispositions. As long as I'm not harming anybody and as long as I am furthering, making my, doing my part to further civilization. Those are the two things. And I'm not sacrificing anything else. So what is that for you? Where are you at on the hierarchy? What is the dignified you? And what are sacrifices that you need to take to get to your dignified self? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.